Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 14th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions that we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're doing fantastic. We love peaceful restoration. We reject revolution, and yet they call us anti-government. Go figure. <laughs> we support the proper role of constitutional government all day long, ladies and gentlemen. We do reject rogue agents in government. I'll tell you that right now. And boy, do they weave a strange web these days. I'll tell you what, we'll get into that as the broadcast unfolds. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled, freedom-loving Friday, though. So welcome to that. Hope you're gearing up for a delightful weekend. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We, of course, had on Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com, doing a great job. You've got a friend in the honest money business, RustCoinandGift.com. And we talked about the honest money report where gold and silver sitting. We talked about what is inflation. Inflation is the decline of purchasing power of a given currency over time. That's right. Gold and silver don't really have inflationary problems as do other fake money systems, whether it be government, Federal Reserve, fiat currency, fake you know notes, or whether it be a digital currency. That's why I always say don't dip your toe in the crypto because it's nothing more than a fiat currency as well. We also talked about the fastest pace of inflation, worst Inflation since 1982, they claim it's up over 7% from a year ago. Price hikes in housing, they say cars, used cars, uh, trucks and food are among the driving factors. Yeah, that's going to cause uh, a little bit of problems. It's because they've been handing out so much stimulus money, right? We were taught, ladies and gentlemen, at least when I grew up, as Brian Rust wisely said, to live within our means. Yeah. That is, by the way, a key to financial success, learning to live within our means. The government does not do that at all, but somehow they expect us to, right? That was our one with Brian Rush, RushCoinandGift.com. Hour two, we talked about Montgomery County, Texas, and we talked to the constitutional sheriff there. His name is Rand Henderson, doing a phenomenal job. We also talked to our guest by the name of Summer Bragg. She's a fundraiser and an organizer of the event that's taking place on Sunday, it's a fundraiser for the CSPOA in Texas. It's a, it's a bareback bar and ice house in Spring, Texas. And uh, Summer decided for her birthday, which is January the 13th. It was yesterday when we interviewed her. She wanted to put on a party and raise money for the CSPOA and to help the training efforts across the country. She says, please join us wearing red, white, and blue for a family-friendly party with live music games and good times that's this sunday noon to 6 p.m yeah it'll be in spring texas and it's at the bareback bar and ice house join the celebration and support the cspoa and texas sheriffs she says 
The reason we had her on the radio, I'm not really fond of you know going to a bar on Sunday personally, but I do get that it's her birthday. I do get that she's doing her very best, and she wants to support, and she put together an event for the very sole purpose of making sure that we back our sheriffs, that our sheriffs learn to keep their oaths of office. Very interesting. We also talked about an incredible article with the good sheriff, Henderson. Uh, it's an interesting uh, article because it's called Living on the Right Side of the Creek. It's an interview with Sheriff Rand Henderson in the Montgomery Free Press, an incredible newspaper. They call it a First Amendment newspaper. Amen to that. And when they talk about living on the right side of the creek, they're talking about two different counties and how a liberal county compared to a conservative county, what the difference is in the murder rates and the crime and everything else. It's just a fascinating uh, freewheeling interview. What a great job by Constitutional Sheriff Henderson in Montgomery County. Anyway, pretty neat. Uh, that's a recap of the broadcast that took place yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. It's still available at LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. It's available on the Loving Liberty phone apps as well. It's uh, live and then on demand at your fingertips whenever you want to listen. Spread the word, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally today, if you will. Every penny will be used to grow our presence in the media. All right, without further ado, news that networks refuse to use starts now. Our guest, Chris Carlson, uh, with us as always on Fridays. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Welcome to the broadcast, my friend. There's a couple of updates from previous week's discussions that are in order. Uh, we've talked a lot about Ray Epps. We've talked about his leadership of the breach in the January 6th Capitol. Uh, for 2021, we talked about how uh, aggressive Ray was in all kinds of videos and um, Revolver.News and others have really documented the Ray Epps question of who is this guy? What is he doing? How come he's not arrested? Why was he on the FBI's most wanted list? Now he's taken off. What the heck's going on? And Congress literally has been asking about Ray Epps in congressional hearings now. Uh, but government saying we don't know. We can't talk about it. We don't. Mm, well, we're aware of him, but we're not sure. Is he an FBI agent? Is he on the government payroll? Well, we're not sure. We can't answer that. Da 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 da. It goes back and forth. There's big old sound bites on it all over the web. But now, Ray Epps' attorney, the guy's name is John Blashak, or Blishak. Uh, anyway, he responds to claims that his client, Ray Epps, is an FBI informant. Ken Silva with the EpicTimes.com has the piece. Uh, and all I can say is he claims no, that he's not an FBI agent, that he's not involved in any way, uh, except for here's what's interesting. The attorney for Ray Epps is named John Blishak. Well, John Blishak is an open, well-known former FBI agent gone attorney. So that's very interesting. Now, we say Ray's not an FBI informant, um, but yet they um, weirdly answer and don't answer certain questions in strange ways. So, uh, in my opinion, uh, Ray Epps is certainly involved with the government somehow in this breach, uh, but it might be a George Soros paid provocateur. Uh, it might be Hillary Clinton paid provocateur. Uh, he might work for some of the other uh, against Trump groups, but they knew enough not to make him directly an FBI agent unless the attorney's lying. 
And so somehow we've got this weird deal where Ray Epps has been involved, and but yet this attorney is now the FBI former agent, but yet he's claiming that Epps didn't hire him because he was an FBI former agent. Maybe Epps, I don't even think Epps knew he was an agent, the agent claimed. I mean, just weird stuff. So all I'm telling you right now is we're not able to pin down uh, the details on Ray Epps yet. Hopefully Revolver.News and others will dig into this further, but the attorney um, is speaking out. Government not answering any questions. Ray Epps saying, talk to my attorney. Uh, that's the update on Ray Epps, the latest. Chris, do you want to respond to that? Well, I knew that they had taken um, Stuart Rhodes into custody. Yeah, um, that's another but, topic. We'll get to that in just a second. And I knew, okay, go, yeah. So so I, I knew that Ted Cruz had uh, dressed down Merrick Garland about Ray Epps, which was good. I, I like to see it. Any type of exposure that he can get to the public mind so that people can do a little more investigation is good. Let's take him in for questioning. When will the Justice Department do that? So, yeah, a lot of those things I had not heard, Sam. Thanks for uh, updating us on those things. And I, and I don't know what's going to go from here. I mean, now that Ray Epps has an attorney, he's not going to have to probably say too much. Uh, the attorney, especially a former FBI agent, is going to kind of work on this on his behalf. But it's strange, brew. So Ray just happens to get an FBI agent informant or, you know, former FBI agent or whatever that, is now his attorney. I mean, it's just strange, bro. Government is learning how to distance themselves uh, every time. And I don't know if George Soros funded this. I mean, I don't know where the the Ray Epps would get the direction. Uh, but somehow there's something weird going on. And none of the questions at this point have been able to uh, put the finger on the pulse of what's really happening here. But I submit to you, the more they dig into this, and even though there's denials, 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 one of the things that I learned early in the news business, Chris, is nothing's official until it's been denied. Exactly. Uh, so I don't exactly. know exactly the relationship here, but the vague unwillingness to even answer anything at all by the government, the uh, denials by an FBI informant, now, quote, attorney uh, or agent, now attorney uh, for Ray Epps, at some point, there's smoke. We just can't find the fire. Yeah, and that smoke will direct the public mind to the notion that, hey, this was probably rigged, which we all know now it was, and hopefully it'll, it'll help them to uh, do a little deeper research and, you know, get to the uh, Revolver article, hopefully, you know, if, if that's something that uh, you can Google now. You, you probably wouldn't be able to. You'd probably get a thousand articles that, that deny that Ray Epps was involved until you get to the, um, the Revolver ar article eventually. <laughs> But let's hope that it, it just uh, points the public mind to the notion that the government does a lot of stuff that creates the illusion that the good guys are the bad guys and that the bad guys are the good guys, because that's the truth right there. Now let's talk about Stuart Rhodes. So the headline says, Oath Keeper, Founder, President Stuart Rhodes, charged with, quote, seditious conspiracy. In the January 6th investigation, FBI arrested Stuart Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen. Let's come back. We'll talk about that with Chris in seconds because might there be a tie between Stuart and Ray? I don't know, but there's weird stuff going on. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. 
Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly, devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, ladies and gentlemen, all I can tell you is I don't know what's going on here, but Ray Epps' attorney, former FBI agent, literally says Ray Epps is not involved with the FBI, not an FBI informant, and da-da-da, but yet a lot of vague questions. Government's not talking at all. Now, others in the attorney for Ray would just say, oh, well, the government never talks. Uh, yes and no. The government's certainly very strange in this investigation because, hey, whether Ray Epps was on the FBI informant list or not, uh, why did they have Ray Epps? And this, these are the questions that are getting vague. Why do they have him on the most, you know, quote, wanted list or whatever FBI list? And then all of a sudden, when Revolver does their story, then, hey, they take Epps off the list. Did they clear Epps' name? I'm telling you, with the videos and the involvement that Ray had with key other people and the videos showing him involved at key circumstances that absolutely changed the narrative from, hey, people didn't want to do anything violent, didn't want to do anything uh, that would breach the Capitol, wanted to be very careful and cautious <clears throat> to turn them into um, really a mob mentality that, that, that breached the Capitol. Ray was involved in every single aspect of that. I'm telling you, if it wasn't for Ray Epps, and if it wasn't for, quote, um, uh, what's that guy, Scaffold Man or Scaffold whatever, uh, what would we be, where would we be? Now, here's the interesting thing. Thomas Caldwell tells Tucker, I was never in the Capitol. All right, but see, that's the thing. Stuart Rhodes was never in the Capitol either. Uh, but yet Ray Epps was there. So they're letting Ray go. They're arresting Stuart. Um, Ray and Stuart have some association. Are you familiar with this, Chris? Um, yeah, I believe that um, uh, that Ray Epps was a chapter leader 
of the Oath Keepers down there in Arizona. That's right. Isn't that yes. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know how to connect the dots at this point, but there's more here than meets the eye. Now, uh, did Stuart Rhodes get the fall for Rahab's actions? Uh, is Stuart really the guilty party? Is somebody else an FBI agent? Maybe Stuart. Uh, and then Ray wasn't, but yet he took orders from Stuart. You know, I don't know, and I'm not here to speak against Stuart because I, I don't know Ray Epps at all. I don't know anybody involved in the actual breach efforts. I know they make a lot of allegations against Stuart Rhodes. I know Stuart, and I'll be really shocked if he didn't said the things that they say he didn't said. Now, there's a lot of things they're saying. Oh, listen, uh, we were able to decrypt Signal. That's a uh, phone app, encrypted communications tool. We decrypted Signal. That's how we got um, Stuart. Uh, but I think things might be taken out of context there. I'm not so sure we're getting the right story. But I find this fascinating how there's got to be more relationships here. I don't believe that uh, Ray Epps would be pushing that hard, influencing the day before everywhere, travel a couple of thousand miles from Arizona uh, at the event, but there before Trump speaks, organizing people for the breach, but yet not there when Trump actually speaks. And we go on and on and on with the very strange anomalies here. The more they deny, the more I think there is something to this. We just got to find the where the dots connect, Chris. Yeah, well, I was proud to, to hear Ted Cruz um, expose him uh, more so than I thought that he was willing to do so. And I'm not sure if it was in front of Merrick Garland. I think it was maybe in front of, um, was it Christopher Ray or, or, or in his um, inferior at, in the FBI? But, I, you know, I heard it in passing. I can't even remember the source. But, you know, that's mainstream. Ted Cruz is mainstream. So let's just hope that people catch on to that. And, and like I said, do a little of their own research because we, we need to do that and disabuse ourselves of this notion that the government can do no wrong. The government does a lot of wrong and they wrong us on a daily basis. So if we can shift that paradigm from the government as our friend to the government as our enemy, I think we might be able to make some progress in this country, Sam. I think you're right on that. Anyway, I wanted to spend enough time on this because there are um, some, uh, what do you want to call it, changes in this story. And we want to keep an eye on it uh, as it unfolds. One of the other things that I find interesting is could it just be something as simple as, hey, uh, the FBI has a relationship with, um, oh, I don't know, the Hillary's of the world or Black Ops money of the world, George Soros of the world, who knows who. Uh, could they have literally paid someone and said, hey, organize this. We get wind that we want to take down Trump. This is how we're going to do it. Or we, we want to do this and that and take down the Patriots. And in other words, it could be very simple that, you know what, this guy's not an FBI agent, but he was certainly acting on orders from somebody. Where does that all go? Yeah, that may be a technicality, you know. No, he, he wasn't an FBI agent, but he may be a CIA agent or a DEA agent or some other government agent. So, Or somebody else was an agent or somebody else was an agent who organized this and Ray was on the front lines on behalf of somebody else and he got paid a pretty penny. You got to follow the money and the relationships, right? Exactly. You know, the, we, we, you should broaden the question. Was this man in the government's hire? You know, and then you couldn't wiggle out of it as easily. But just, but even then, they'll probably lie in your face. I mean, the government does that every day. They tell us inflation is what four and a half percent when it's actually closer to ten. 
and they just you know fudged the numbers they they fudged the basket of goods that they used to uh, calculate the consumer price index and they do that all the time it should have been the same uh, today as it was 25 years ago or 50 years ago but but they keep changing it to make it look as if inflation isn't higher so now this is interesting to note and I want to highlight this you know I have told everybody that look <clears throat> I appreciate you guys using uh, Signal and other apps and stuff like that to encrypt your communications, right? And I've told people that I think it's folly to do so, and I've mentioned this many times. It's folly to do so for a bunch of reasons, but first off, you think it's secure, and it's not. All right? All right, so Rhodes communicated, they say, with other leaders via encrypted applications. And the, the app that he used that they say that they got his communications on now is called Signal. But I don't want to get stuck on the specific app that Rode used. I just want to tell you a couple of things about this. Number one, if you think these apps don't have backdoors, you're absolutely deceived. Okay, the government has access to all this. Trust you, me. And let me make one more thing clear for all you experts out there, you FBI agents, you CIA agents, you DEA agents, you Justice Department thugs, you um, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, education department people who are calling people terrorists, all of you, listen up and listen good. <clears throat> Whenever I encrypt my communications, all I do is say, government, here's a conversation you need to focus on. That's all I'm telling the government. The idea that they can't access it is bogus. All it says is, hey, if I've got a thousand communications out there and five of them are encrypted, the government's going to look at the encrypted ones first, okay? You're just calling yourself out for greater focus. Okay, write that down and remember that because I'm telling you that is indeed the case. If I say to the government, hey, my radio programs are available at libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, they're free, they're live, and they're on demand. I even keep a record of them for you. Hey, download them to your heart's content. I have you know unique copyrights. Hey, you have the right to copy. Please do kind of thing. They're not thinking that there's anything in that that's a big deal. Now, go ahead. Comb through my hours and hours and hours and hours of content. Go right ahead, all you government wonks. Feel free. But what I'm saying is, but the second I start to talk through encrypted communications, I'm really saying, government, <coughs> this conversation has a need for secrecy. Uh, take a look at this one specifically. And that's what people have done. And I think Stuart, I don't know if he fell to this trap or if he um, intended for the conversation. I don't. I don't know. You know, you hear so much about Stuart Rhodes right now. I've known him personally. I've been at events with him. I've eaten food with him. I've talked to him. I've had him on the radio. I've Okay, so I, I think I know Stuart decent. Not super well, but decent. And I, I think he's a good guy. So I don't know exactly what's going on here. But I have a feeling when Ray Epps is running around free and Stuart Rhodes is in jail right now, and it kind of makes me kind of wonder, hmm, what more would give us a real understanding of what's happening here, and I don't know. But Rhodes communicated with other leaders on January the 6th using a trap chat group on the encrypted app's signal. I'm telling you, all of you, that's a big mistake <coughs> to be on these encrypted apps. Just my humble opinion in two cents. Do you want to respond to that, Chris? Robert is. Do you remember him? He was selling drugs and porn, kitty porn on the uh, the dark web uh, what's I his name again i think i remember before. this 
Okay. Well, that's not his real name. Um, I could look it up, but his um, his online name was the Dread Pirate Robert. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, I've heard and of it. And then he was getting away with selling drugs and kitty porn and all sorts of contraband on the dark web. Well, they busted him. The FBI totally knew exactly what he was doing and who he was, where he was, because they've they've tapped into the dark web or the Tor, T O R. So, so this is an example where <laughs> who takes direction from who? A very strange web the government has learned to weave as they entrap, to the best of their ability, all patriots over time, calling us terrorists and more, sometimes with self-created proof. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The U.S. Supreme Court has blocked President Biden's vaccine mandate at large companies. The justices at the nation's highest court said the mandate exceeded the Biden administration's authority. California Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday denied parole to Sirhan Sirhan, the Palestinian refugee serving a life prison sentence for assassinating U.S. presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy in 1968. Buckingham Palace is reporting Britain's Prince Andrew has returned his military affiliation to Queen Elizabeth II. This comes a day after the royal's lawyers failed to persuade a U.S. judge to dismiss a civil lawsuit that accuses him of sexual abuse and possibly tying him to the Jeffrey Epstein lifestyle. I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady. The Prince on the BBC in 2019. For more information, visit us online at usaradio.com. Thanks for listening, and a TGIF to you, my friend. We are USA Radio News. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Cars that sound like this. Trust Pennzoil Synthetics to protect their engines in extreme conditions. Top racing teams know that Pennzoil Synthetics give them the performance to help them succeed. And your car's engine deserves the same. Because your daily commute is no less important. Get complete protection for top engine performance, just like the pros. Visit Pennzoil.com slash rebate to save on Pennzoil Synthetics. Terms apply. A federal grand jury indicted Baltimore's top prosecutor Thursday on charges of perjury and making false mortgage application statements in a purchase of two Florida vacation homes. The four-count indictment alleges that Baltimore State's attorney Marilyn Mosby lied about experiencing pandemic hardships on mortgage applications in order to buy the Florida homes. Mosby was actually paid nearly a quarter of a million dollars in 2020. Let's get a Russia-Ukraine update. The talks have stalled between NATO and Russia over the buildup of Russian troops at the Ukrainian border. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Reporting that has suggested we're going to reduce the number of troops we have deployed or somehow cut back on our overall force posture in Europe, those reports are wrong. Also, in reply to a question... Russia's deputy foreign minister would neither confirm nor deny the possibility that Russia might deploy military infrastructure in Cuba and in Venezuela. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. 
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, on January 6th, ladies and gentlemen, it will be an ongoing story and a reporting bonanza on Liberty Roundtable Live. If we get more information, we'll bring it to you as close to real time as we get it. Stuart Rhodes got arrested yesterday. Ray Epps' attorney speaking out uh, literally yesterday and in the wee hours of this morning, etc. And we're right on top of it for sure. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there's an article written by Owen Strachan. And uh, it's a great article that says Christianity and wokeness, how the social justice movement is hijacking the gospel and the way to stop it. Amen to that. He starts out and says, you know, what is CRT? What is critical race theory? Uh, And I want to quickly just tell you what it is. And then we're going to turn it over to Chris for more details. But I'm going to say it in my own words. Then I want to use the article's words to explain it because it's kind of interesting. Uh, It's a very complicated whole curriculum. And you can go on for a long time about its application. In other words, the carrying it out, the belief, the living it is way different. But here's what it is. You are white, therefore you are inherently, unavoidably, never changeable, a racist. Uh, And you know what? You're even a racist as a teeny kid. Nine months old, you're a racist. You were born a racist, you'll always be a racist, and there's never any way to prevent you from being a racist. Period. End of paragraph. Done. Secondly, if you are not white, then you are a victim. You have been a victim, you've been a victim since birth, and you will always be a victim, and therefore you cannot be a racist. End of story. Got it? And now every single interaction by anybody, white or non-white, perpetrator, racist, or victim, uh, you must view every interaction through race, and you must behave accordingly. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a psychotic viewpoint. But that's my summary of what CRT is uh, after I've studied it for quite some time. But Owen Strachan explains further. Chris? Yeah, and so the only way we can get through this, Sam, is through the uh, monopoly of government force, (laughs) which is ironic because most of our government is controlled by white males, interestingly enough. But there are some things that we can do to make um, uh, amends for these, uh, well, since, uh, what do they call it, the the 1619 project, so that's over 400 years. So there's some things that we can do to make amends to the black people uh, over that period of time. We can can give them reparations, which is cash payments, and we'll talk in more detail about that. We can uh, restructuring hiring practices of businesses uh, mandatory reduction of white youth, I'm sorry, mandatory re-education of white youth on the racist and oppressive nature of traditional American society and culture and the mandatory confession of white privilege and lament for having been the beneficiaries of such privileges over the last 400 years, Sam. And then, oh, there's one more, public acts of secular repentance. <clears throat> so it's basically a religion But the problem, Sam, is these philosophies are literally creeping into Christian theology in modern times, and it's a Trojan horse. It is a Trojan horse because, but wait, there's more. You've heard that expression, haven't you, Sam? Absolutely. But it's more than just equaling the playing field or leveling the playing field. 
And if those um, requirements on the part of us, us white people are not uh, oppressive enough, it actually, the, the, the CRT philosophy actually embraces things like equality of, um, of transgender and um, homosexuals and uh, radical feminism, and it eschews or decries the traditional family, Sam, and capitalism and the patriarchal order and traditional Christianity in many, many ways, and hopefully we'll get to all those ways that it is antithetical to Christianity. Let me read really quick, um, and I don't have names associated with these quotes, but these are quotes from some of the leaders of the CRT movement here in America. They say, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages. So they don't like the traditional nuclear family. We are committed to doing the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. So cisgender, do you know what that means? It means just traditional genders, male and female. So they, they um, reject uh, normal male and female gender roles. Yeah, but they also create the cisgender term to even create greater confusion. Yeah, why don't they just say traditional uh, male and female roles? Because if they did that, the then you would terms. know the normal versus the abnormal, or the, you know, they, they want you to believe that it's just another choice. See, it's just another option in their lexicon of deceit. There's many roads that pave their way to hell is the point. Okay, they want to create a term that you're, a gender, you're one of those unique new genders too, Chris. No matter what yeah. you believe. See, they want you to they want to take you away from your history. And the only way to do that is to put you into their new matrix, a list of genders and uh, whatever. Okay, because the old is gone. That's no longer discussable anymore. Which one of their new are you? See? And that's how the lie happens is they divorce you from your history. Uh, you can't then say, "Hey, this new term they created has thousands of years in history and traditional family." No, it doesn't. We created the term the other day. As we become more enlightened, see, Chris? So they're taking you away from your heritage. That's the point of the socialist communists, um, those who would deceive the social justice movement. That's how they deceive you, is they divorce you from your heritage, Chris. Yeah, you control the language, you control the culture, right? Um, it's just, it's all about control. So there's that baggage associated with it, which a lot of Christian leaders may not understand. And they don't publicize it a lot, so, you know, there, it stands to reason that they would not understand it. So, for example, I, I know that the church that I belong to, Sam, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has lately come out in support of the equality of, of um, races. And that's fine. Uh, now, they haven't come out and openly embraced CRT, which is good. <laughs> but they have uh, come out and embraced equality of races. Now, here's the problem with that, Sam. Uh, some somebody might you know listen to a talk given by a leader of my church, or or you know listen to a commentary by by a leader of our church, and say, oh yeah, they believe in CRT. Well, if, if that's the case, then they would have to embrace this extra extraneous baggage, uh, the acceptance of homosexuality, the acceptance of transgenderism, and all this other garbage that we know is antithetical to Christianity. So you got to be really careful. Now I do believe in leveling the playing field. Inasmuch as we are a pl what they call a pluralistic society, that's probably another one of those buzzwords that <laughs> they've gotten us to use. So I do believe in leveling the playing field. I do not, however, uh, embrace the baggage that comes with it. So as uh, Christians 
and uh, especially those in positions of leadership, we need to be careful. Do not embrace CRT because it comes with that extra baggage. Now, as you so eloquently pointed out, Sam, um, CRT states that white people, based merely on the fact that they're white, are inherently and irredeemably racist, and that we cannot, of our own accord, even with God's help, we cannot overcome that racism through our own efforts. And that is completely and totally contradictory to what the Bible reads. The Bible reads, and this is Isaiah 118, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And those words obviously are metaphors for the fact that we can reconcile ourselves to God, we can repent and be forgiven. Critical race theory it rejects that notion. It also, it also talks about all of us as one race, God's children. It doesn't say yeah. if you're white, if you're this, if you're that. You know what? The Savior says, come one, come all, keep my commandments. That's to everyone, and the blessings are available to everyone. Chris? Yeah, there is no con- – in, in the scriptures, uh, in the Bible at least, I'll say, uh, there is no mention of race, Okay. You're either God's people or you're not. And he invites every man, woman, and child, black and white, bond and free, rich or poor, whatever case, to come into his fold and be one of his sheep. There is no rejection of people based on anything, uh, even closely or remotely similar to race. I mean, his arms are open for everybody. And this notion that uh, white people are inherently evil because we've enjoyed this privilege all these years is contradictory to that biblical notion. So the fact that this garbage is creeping into our Christian congregations and people are embracing it is very troubling indeed, Sam. And we we need to push back on that. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, this cultural cancer of CRT is an outgrowth of cultural Marxism. It has its roots in the Marxist oppressed versus oppressor Hegelian dialectic. And its insidious, satanic doctrines are creeping into America's Christian churches and into society at large. And they even have used the Hegelian dialect when we say, you're teaching racism. They say, no, we're not. And they just lie. Ladies and gentlemen, CRC also asserts the pretend rights of all kinds of people. We'll get into that in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman on Liberty Roundtable Live. So, uh, you two are real actors, huh? Well, I was an extra on a soap opera for three years. And I'm best known for starring in cat food commercials. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to play our parents for how long? Oh, just during dinner for the next few years, probably until you're both off to college. Your real parents will be back every night at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock? Hey, your dad's busy. He's got work, softball, yeah. client functions. Yeah, and your mom, she's got the literary club and play rehearsals. So. Uh, don't you worry. They'll be back on time. Otherwise, we get time, time and, and a half. half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, according to the script, we're supposed to ask you how your day was. Yes. Um, okay, I guess. Ooh, is that the best you can do? I think I want my real parents. I don't see that in the script. No ad-libbing, please. There's no substitute for a loving parent. And when you're really there, you'll know how much you care. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. 
Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. So critical race theory, ladies and gentlemen, it's a satanic propaganda tool. It's designed to literally divide every one of us. It's literally designed to attack all the traditional values that we have. Okay, it asserts the pretend rights of homosexuals, transgenders, and radical feminism. Okay, so think about that. It attacks everything, including attacking the traditional family, Chris. All these things are critical. They down everything that is the fundamental unit of stable society ordained of God. They attack every bit of that. Yep, and they attack our Constitution and Bill of Rights, Sam, because they were obviously written by old white men. And, you know, we have to reject anything that was written by old white men was written under privilege, and it's obviously racist, and it's got to go because we're, we're shifting this paradigm in America. And it's very scary because the Constitution was written, I believe, by the hand of God and the Bill of Rights as well because they embody the rights. And here's the ironic thing, and you pointed this out, Sam, is we all enjoy the same rights, whether you're transgender, whether you're homosexual, whether you're male or female, it does not matter, or black or you know, Hispanic or whatever. It does not matter. Under the Constitution, we are all equals. Now, there was that bit about slavery 150 years ago, but I thought we solved that problem. I thought we resolved it during the uh, Civil Rights Movement. Well, I'll tell let's you be this. very clear. The Founding <clears throat> Fathers set the stage to solve the problem, too. Yes. Yeah, they, they gave us the tools. They gave us the governmental structure whereby we were able to work through those problems. And I'll tell you something. Uh, if you're a minority in America today, I don't know where else you would like to live, but you've got rights. And in fact, I know people that go out of their way, Sam, to accommodate for black and Hispanic people just so that they don't come across as being racist. In other words, they treat them uh, better than they would treat somebody who wasn't a minority. Yeah, but that's and racism to do that, sir. There you go. Yes. Uh, cult, what do they call that? It's not cultural. Called reverse racism. Reverse racism. Anyway, I don't know what more we can do to minorities in this country. You've got people like Ben Carson, who you've often talked about. Uh, who is living the American dream because that opportunity was there for him as he was growing up to become one of the world's most renowned, uh, what is, is he a neurosurgeon or brain surgeon? Yeah, I brain mean, surgeon. How, did he, 
how how was he able to accomplish what he's been able to accomplish? The answer: un- the American Dream, baby. System. Poor LeBron James is suppressed, though. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, he could probably make a lot more over in Africa. <laughs> you, hey, there's a cool quote, <laughs> you, and I hope I get this right. Muhammad Ali, and this is back in the '60s. He take a he took a tour of Africa after he was uh, became an accomplished boxer and became a multimillionaire in racist America. He took a tour in Africa and did a, did a couple of exhibition boxing matches. Do you know what he said when he got home? Somebody asked him, and I wish I had the quote in front of me, Sam. This is off the top of my head. Somebody said, well, how, how was your African tour? The first thing he said to that gentleman was, I'm just glad my grandpappy got on that boat. <laughs> well, and that's, and, and that's, why, that's why we're never endorsing slavery. But we always say it doesn't matter how you got here. It's blessed generations for all those who have made the voyage. That doesn't mean we defend how they got here uh, or anything else. It just means that we realize the truth, which is, you know what? America is a blessed nation. And the reason it's a blessed nation is because it focuses on the Judeo-Christian principles. It focuses on the family being the fundamental unit of society. And this critical race theory literally assaults everything we hold dear. It has these pretend rights of homosexuals, transgenders, radical feminism, um, while shutting down traditional families, shutting down capitalism, shutting down the patriarchal order, uh, shutting down traditional male-female roles ador- um, articulated and, and, and endorsed by God Almighty. It attacks all Christianity principles. Anything that's Christian, anything that's family in the traditional sense, CRT literally upends and rejects, replacing it with every perversion under the sun including the division of good, honest Americans that should be standing shoulder to shoulder for God, family, and country, Chris. Yeah, and let's focus on one of those elements that you just mentioned, Sam, capitalism. Somehow uh, minorities are oppressed by capitalism. Let me give you a quote by the economist Walter Williams, who incidentally, is he's deceased, but he was uh, an African-American. He said this about capitalism. The relative colorblindness of the market accounts for much of the hostility towards it. Markets have a notorious lack of respect for privilege, race, and class structure. So you would think that if you were somebody who was in favor of leveling the playing field, as it were, you would be in favor of capitalism. And let me read something that I uh, that I put together about um, the colorblindness and the inherent fairness of the capitalist system. People who like democracy, and let's focus on that word democracy, because we hear that word bandied about in liberal circles a lot, right, Sam? Democracy. We've got to do things democratically. We're, we're exporting democracy to these foreign countries. So we, uh, the left worships the word democracy. People who like democracy should love capitalism, I say, because capitalism is the most democratic economic system going. In a capitalist system, everyone in the market has a vote. Our money is our ballot, and we cast that ballot in favor of our favorite candidates of goods and services in a free market system. If a business is not woke enough for our liking, we have 100% control over whether or not we vote for that business with our money. Socialism and communism, on the other hand, do not allow us that democratic choice. Socialism and communism forces us to make consumer choices whether or not we agree with them. Is that woke, Sam? It's 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 just insidious, ladies and gentlemen, because they want to claim 
it's the only way forward, Chris. That's part of this plan, too, is that, you know what? There's no way backwards. We've already slammed the door of traditional views that are outdated. The fact that you're a racist, the fact that you're an enemy, everything that the white people have built or everything that Christians have built has got to be jettisoned. We've got to never look back again. That's what they want you to believe with this. Yeah, um, and I think we've built quite a good society, at least the one that I grew up in. Now, you know, we're the same age, Sam, but I see it deteriorating, and they're going to blame it on capitalism. They're going to blame it on white supremacy. They're going to blame it on our privilege and say, oh, yeah, uh, society is, is, is breaking down, especially if they get another Donald Trump into office and, um, and we collapse economically. It will be blamed on the exact opposite of what actually created the prosperity that we are now currently still enjoying. <laughs> so that's what I fear. Now, um, if I try to this... even speak up and defend the traditional family, defend Judeo-Christian values, they're going to say, hey, you know what? You can't even say that, you racist, you bigot. See, this wokeness, ladies and gentlemen, and the CRT agenda literally stifle free speech. We can't even have a dialogue about it anymore because we'll never look back, Chris. No, no, we'll never get back to where we were before because we will be have been so thoroughly uh, disabused in our public mind. And, you know, it's it's hard to put a genie back in the bottle of a nation of 300 and what, 30 million people. You know, That's right. once once we've destabilized, I mean, it's hard to put that genie back in the bottle, Sam. And I think that's what the globalists want. It, that's what the whole um, reset is all about, is is destroying beyond repair. And I don't think anything's beyond re- repair as long as we have hope in Jesus Christ. Um, the society that we've created, which is a magnificent society, perhaps the best in the history of this world. And it was born of God. God helped us. God helped to write the Constitution. He helped to write the Bill of Rights. He helped to write the Declaration of Independence. I do not doubt that. And the fact that this insidious doctrine, which is satanic and Marxist at its root, is creeping into the Christian church concerns me because we of all people should know better, Sam. And um, I've got I've got some editorial comments. And uh, did you want to add to that? I apologize. Nope, go right ahead. You're doing great. Editorial comments. Let's kind of break this down on a personal level for a second. If you choose, and this this is me, this is me, Sam, um, but I'm going to read it word for it. If you choose to embrace critical race theory to the exclusion of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's your problem, not mine. If you choose to judge God or me for that, I issue this stern warning to you Christians. Be careful. There is no justification for this in the Holy Bible. If you choose to judge me because of the color of my skin, what does that make you? I would admonish you to give strict heed to the wise words of Jesus Christ when he said, judge not that ye be not judged. So there are people out there judging us, Sam, and ignoring the admonition of the Savior of the world to judge not lest ye be judged because it's going to come back on these people. And, and I hate to, to come across, you know, so, so harshly on these people. But, hey, I'm doing them a favor. I'm warning them of a judgment that will be placed upon their heads unless they withdraw the judgment that they're putting on my head based solely on the color of, of my skin, which, last time I checked, Sam, was racist. The same thing that they accused me of being, they're putting on my head. To those who call themselves Christians, I continue, I say you had better get your head screwed on straight as far as this satanic Marxist doctrine is concerned. Karl Marx is not going to save your soul. Only Jesus Christ can do that. 
and he has condemned those who decry unrighteous judgments on his disciples. You do not have the moral authority to condemn me because of the color of my skin. You say that I have to do more than just treat others as I would have others treat me. And that's biblical. Um, I've got the scripture right here, but, but I won't read it. It's called uh, the golden rule, right? Treat others as you would have others treat you. We should be good that way. But they say, no, that's not good enough. So the scriptures aren't good enough. The words of Jesus Christ aren't good enough. I go on to say I can't just uh, not be racist. I have to be anti-racist. And that's one of their big thrusts, right? Did, did you pick that up when you read the information I sent you? Absolutely. But, but anti-racist is racist. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So And I go on to say, in other words, Jesus Christ's words aren't good enough for you? In other words, in order to please you and Karl Marx, I have to go on the negative? I can't just be pro-Jesus Christ? Doesn't be being pro-Jesus Christ or being Christian cover more ground? Being anti-racist gives me a very narrow view on life. Being pro-Jesus Christ or Christian makes us much more inclusive. Do you remember that word that they throw around, inclusive? Of all that is good and obliges us to oppose racism along with all of the other negative isms in the world. So just having this narrow focus that we need to run around being anti-racist makes us a pretty negative lot of people, I would suggest. That's by but, design and by the Hegelian dialectic, though. Take you out of your yeah. real, broad, loving kindness and put you in this bigoted, abusive box. And then they can bludgeon you while you're in the box. Yeah. And it, and it makes the whole movement a negative movement. And it does not unify. And God said, in order to be his people, we need to be unified, not divided. Ladies and gentlemen, I have two words for Chris's comments. Amen, sir. And I would simply say, we're all God's children. Let's start to behave like it, shall we? Chris, final words yours, sir. Yes, sir. Without God, we can never win, Sam. With God, we can never lose. And we can never become unified without God, by the way. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight and love our neighbor as ourselves. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving Americans everywhere. Continuing our duty, sir. For Chris Carlson and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January the fourteenth. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our two of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the peaceful, restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hey, man, it's the second hour on Friday. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? The good doctor jumps on the radio with us. Dr. Scott Bradley with us. His goal, his lifelong goal and mission to preserve the nation. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. His book and collegiate series about to preserve the nation there as well. And more. Dr. Bradley, welcome back, sir. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, here we are at the end of another week. I, I don't know what's happening to this year. <laughs> it seems like it's flying by, but the problem is it's just the beginning. But we're here so often, you know. It's wonderful. The tale of truth shall continue regardless of all those reality checks. Now, I got something I want to pick your brain on. Okay, there's a couple of topics I really need to get to with the good doctor because you know what? If if, if guidance is necessary, you got to pick the good doctor's brain on this thing, okay? And I got an email message from Rand Paul. Good old Senator Rand Paul. And I, I, I disagree with what he's emailing me. And he wants me to be part of this petition and everything. Here it is. Dear Sam, this could change everything. I need your help. I need your immediate action more than ever before. Imagine that. He's never needed my help as much as he needs it now. Like, I don't like these propaganda emails, ladies and gentlemen. They're just bogus. Every election is the most important bonus. election. And, and every time you need me more than ever, doctor. Well, they're, uh, you know, really what it boils down to is build a panic, uh, just get people all riled up, and then ask for money. I mean, that's really what that's it boils right. down to most that's of the That's exactly right. So here's what he does. He continues. He says, big labor's political stooges are now in control of the White House, the House of Representatives, and the U.S. Senate. Now, I didn't know big labor stooges were in charge of the Senate. I thought the Senate was still Republican. Never mind that, but bad as that may sound, bad as that is, even more frighteningly, listen, is President Biden and union uh, label Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, they're literally openly threatening to end the filibuster in the U.S. Senate. Oh, my. The boogeyman. Bad as that is, ladies and gentlemen, things are bad. But I'm telling you, Biden and, and Chucky and everybody, they're openly threatening to end. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? The filibuster. Dramatically weaken the centuries-old filibuster procedure in the U.S. Senate. Such an action, Rand Paul claims, would pave the way to ram into law. Big Labor's most radical agenda. If the Democrats in the Senate got rid of the filibuster, they could reveal repeal every state to state right to work law in the country by a single one vote majority with Kamala Harris, the deciding vote. Sam right to work hangs in the balance, and we are entirely at the mercies of Joe Biden. Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, and their cronies in the Senate. Speaker Nancy Pelosi is only too eager to cheer them on and ram their power grabs through the House of Representatives. Slim as our hopes may be, the only thing we have going for us 
Well, we might win in 2022 and 2024. Our only hope is to convince these politicians that voting to repeal the filibuster is disaster. It could be political suicide for them. Yes, it could. Oh, boy. Uh, Democrat senators must fear the ire of their constituents more than they love their big labor benefactors. That's why I urge you today, this very minute, to sign the petition to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Now we're going to appeal to good old Mitch. Wow. Um, and your senators demanding that they preserve the filibuster. Yeah, got to have the filibuster there. <clears throat> the time-hallowed filibuster. Yeah. If the Biden-Schumer actions succeed, Congress will enact and Biden will sign the so-called card check bill, the labor law reform, and literally, ladies and gentlemen, they go on and on. It'll turn back the clock. It'll do this. It'll do that. It'll just be horrible. I mean, my gosh. Don't take my word for it. Speaker Pelosi has already rammed through the entire. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. It's this big old long. And at the end, I hope you will make a generous contribution, Sam, to help the National Right to Work Committee. Now, here's the problem. I support right to work completely. I reject forced unionism. Okay, so I agree with Rand's points. Okay, but they want me to, one, sign the petition, send it to my senators. Two, share it with my friends. Three, donate, donate, donate. Yeah, Sam, you can put in 100 or as much as 1,000. But first and foremost, Sam, sign it. Our future as a free nation depends on it. Sincerely, Rand Paul, medical doctor. Now, I look at this, Dr. Bradley, and I believe it's so full of dishonesty. Let me explain. I'm against the unions, the forced kind of unions, okay? I'm against big labor. I am for the free market, but I'm not a, quote, filibuster guy. I don't believe in the supermajority in the first place. I don't see anywhere constitutionally the supermajority has justification at all. So on one hand, I, I don't want some of the things that Rand Paul says will happen. At the same time, though, I can't defend something that I don't believe has constitutionality. Let's start there, sir. You know, I'm going to have to take a different position maybe in a little bit from you, Sam, on this. The uh, Let's go back to the origins of the, of the nation. As you look at everything that was established with the Senate, for example, they were to be a, a deliberative body, more statesmanlike in terms of their uh, uh, maturity and so on. You know, they've got to have a little bit more age under the belt, if you <laughs> that's kind of a euphemistic way of saying it. Than, than the uh, rabble-rousing House has. The House had its voice from the people. The Senate had its voice from the states. The states thereby had a seat at the table. And so much of what happens in, at the uh, general government level that the states needed to have a, a very much an input. During the uh, administration of John Adams, of course, Thomas Jefferson was the vice president. Vice president was kind of relegated to an also-ran kind of job, and, uh, and he sat there twiddling his thumbs. He was the president of the Senate. During his time as the president of the Senate, he wrote, put together the, uh, 
the uh, protocols, if you will, of doing business in the United States Senate. He's very, very uh, meticulously reviewed how business was done in the Senate. And if you think of Robert's Rules of Order, it was a parliamentary procedure that was put together for the Senate. During the Jefferson time, what he put together was a, a protocol that basically said any senator can stop legislation until the full voice has been heard on the issues that are concerning that senator. So that was the origins of this because the states needed to be able to say, whoa, 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 wait, 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 where are you going with this, people? So Jefferson's protocol of, of uh, the filibuster, if you will, was even much more radical than what it is with the 60-vote requirement today. That is yeah, not but hold on. It was different in its origins, though. Every senator had authority equally to take action as they saw fit to make sure that the real debate, the real discussion, the transparency has happened. Nowadays, we don't have that. We have this 60 majority, and we have senators that have literally, you're a lowly senator, such as a Rand Paul. You're a high-fluent senator, such as a Mitch McConnell. Uh, we have seniority. We have manipulations. We have power by committee. We have all these different things that change that game different from what you're talking about, right? That, that's the, the, we have got a hierarchical structure that's been put in that has damaged what the origin was, actually, no question. But if you look at Article 1, Section 5 of the Constitution, each house may determine the rules of proceedings. And so each house has done that. It's a constitutional authority to be able to decide how they're going to proceed with their business. Now, I am uh, this 60-vote this cloture thing, which gets so much in the way of the, the rabble, if you will, that are going along with the current organization of, of how our legislature is structured with these power mongers, whether it's the Speaker of the House or some rules committee or, or somebody that holds a sway and basically the power of the gavel controls how it is. That's the problem. The issue of being able to slow legislation down to take a deliberative look at everything that happens and recognize that most things are unconstitutional. We probably are going to have to continue this after the break. All right, let's start there when we come back. And I'm going to articulate what I'm saying because I understand the point of slowing down legislative reality. And I think that's a legitimate need that Jefferson focused on and Dr. Scott Bradley is pointing to. I'll tell you my problem with what we've got today in seconds. I agree that the Senate can make its own rules, but there's certain lines that ought not cross. I'll tell you how and why in seconds on your radio. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. 
As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads, a divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, so Dr. Bradley and I are digging into a very complicated topic that sounds simple on the surface, but the truth is it's very uh, difficult to understand. Rand Paul says our only hope is to convince these politicians that voting to repeal a filibuster could be political suicide for these politicians. He then basically says our future nation, our future free nation depends upon it. And so here's my problem with the current filibuster rules. It doesn't treat senators equally. Certain senators have more power than others. And if you look at the balance between the House and the Senate, there was a check and balance. The House had more representatives based on the size of the population. The Senate, though, had two senators from every state balancing uh, that power. The goal was to how to make the small states get representation and the big states get representation. The reality was representation here. How do you balance that? I submit to you that the current cloture rules or filibuster rules have been manipulated now to re- reflect seniority and a 60-vote majority, uh, but giving certain senators greater power than other senators. You look at Mitch McConnell versus Rand Paul. Mitch has real power. Rand gets to babble in the breeze quite often, but he doesn't really have any real power, comparatively speaking. I say that anomaly is the problem. Now, as Dr. Bradley talked about Jefferson in the beginning, each senator would have an equal authority to slow down legislation. I support that completely, but it's a different discussion. The Senate can make their own rules, but what they don't have the right to do, in my opinion, is upset the checks and balances and create this weighted reality to where a godlike figure and a junior senator they're worlds apart in terms of their power, their authority, their uh, ability to, to manipulate. Okay, that wasn't intended by the founders. So giving all senators equal ability to slow down legislation, valuable. I agree. And you could say that's even stronger than what we have now. I agree. But it also doesn't create a, a majority vote of 60-plus or whatever. Uh, I'm sorry, a 60-plus as opposed to a majority. Again, it's all manipulated. What we need is the states to have representation. The states used to control the senators. Now the states have no power. Thus, we got to somehow make up for it in this other manipulation. I think we're getting further from the truth with this filibuster, not closer. The Jefferson idea and states controlling their senators, uh, I think, gets us way closer, even though it seems more powerful. I think it's more honest and fair and gives each senator their elected uh, authority uh, as they were elected, uh, Dr. Bradley. You know, the uh, idea of states controlling senators is incorrect also. The states were represented 
represented in the Senate, but R.R. Livingston did a really magnificent review of this back during the debates on the ratification of the Constitution and recognized that the senators were there as representatives of the states. However, they needed to take a, a more broad view of requirements. Let's say, for example, that the New England fisheries were being uh, shut down by the English uh, and uh, it was an act of war, literally, that was being carried out against our English New, e New England fishermen. And Georgia's going, no, no, we ain't going to war. That's a New England problem. Well, the Georgian senators needed to look at that as a broad national issue and, and perhaps vote to go to war. And R.R. Livingston used that as an example. But the fact of the matter is, uh, <laughs> this is not a democracy, people. And a move towards a, f uh, a majority rule in every single instance is ultimately and finally going to destroy that the, the uh, blessings of liberty and, and the individual rights of, of the minority. And that's what the Founding Fathers were absolutely determined to prevent. And so the problem, I think, needs to be addressed with the foolish, dis disgusting even, approach to this hierarchical structure within the House and the Senate where those that are, that are in the power positions are basically ramrodding everything through Look what would happen today. I mean, Republicans, Democrats, states, individuals, everyone would be put at risk if this thing uh, was completely done away because, the, as is pointed out in, in Rand Paul's letter, although maybe from a different backdoor back kind of thing, if uh, they had a 50-50 split, Republicans and Democrats, partisan kind of thing, again, the parties are a whole big part of the problem. Principle is the issue. And those that are in office need to uphold their, their constitutional oath, that sacred oath. But let's say it was a 50-50 vote, vote, and Kamala decided suddenly, oh, we're going to have mandatory health care, or we're going to have mandatory vaccinations, whatever. It's absolutely absurd. All, all of it is wrong. There isn't a single solitary justification constitutionally for ramrodding things through based upon a, a majority vote. I would like to see the whole process slowed down. This idea of cyclonic force running things through the House and the Senate, this 60-vote this cloture thing right now has a tempering factor with this, but I'm so concerned, and it will, <laughs> that we're very much at risk of losing that and going with a 50-50 vote plus a Kamala Harris. You know what? It's going to go around and come around. There'll be someday, maybe, if the Republicans ever grew a backbone, that someday the Republicans may regain control of both the House and the Senate, and then suddenly the Democrats are going to be crying out loud. And that's exactly what happened with uh, when when the uh, Harry Reid did away with the uh, the cloture process for approving. Um, Members of, of the administration, and, and Trump got his people through with a 50, well, well just over a majority vote, and and the uh, it, it allowed Trump to put in some uh, Republican-backed uh, uh, Supreme Court justices. They've been wailing about that, lamenting that. It, it'll go around, it'll come around, it'll bite everybody. We need to take a deep breath, a chill pill, and say, this is... The, the whole idea is not, you know, it's like the Men Mensheviks and Bolsheviks early in the 20th century. The 
the Soviet Congress, uh, the Socialist Congress, had a, 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 a little piddly vote on some issue. And the Bolsheviks won. Bolshevik means majority in, in Russian. Menshevik means minority. So from then on, if you're going to be with the majority, the Bolsheviks, you know, you're going to be in power. If you're going to be with the Mensheviks, you're diminished in power. It's not a majority-minority thing. It's a principles-based thing. And if we could just get our senators and congressmen, our president, uh, our governors, I mean, I, I don't care who it is, whoever holds office, to recognize that they have taken an oath to uphold a constitution, both in their state and in their national government, that says your limits and bounds are thus and such. You may not operate outside those limits and bounds. This idea of right to work, what a bunch of Bravo Sierra. The general government has no authority whatsoever to dictate labor law. None. Zero. Nada. And, and this idea that they can turn to some artificially contrived OSHA organization to mandate everybody's got to get a, a medical procedure on them. There is no authority to do that. In fact, the IRS, the BATFE, OSHA, NIOSH, FDA, you can take all the alphabet soup organizations, and they have created law based upon supposed delegation of authority from Congress and the signature of the president. It's unconstitutional to delegate lawmaking authority. It's, it, we, the people, delegated it to the, to the legislatures, the House and the Senate, and they are to legislate only within the bounds established by the Constitution. This whole process, we're looking at, it's kind of looking through binoculars at the wrong end. We don't have a good view of what we're doing. We have abandoned the limited government, the checks and balances, the delegation of authority, all of those things that allowed us to be the freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous nation on earth. And, and I, I'm just so frustrated that we can't seem to understand we need to hold those that represent us to account based upon what they took an oath to uphold. They, they said, this is how we're going to do business. You allow us to do business this way, and, uh, and that's how we're going to do it. It's, it's, a, it's an oath of fidelity to principle. It's like a, a marriage oath, if you will. If your spouse took an oath of fidelity and... <laughs> and violates it 10%, 20%, 50% of the time, you'd get rid of your spouse. And that's what we need to do with our congressmen and senators. And, and so Amen to that's, that. That's I agree. The, that's the I agree that it's a fidelity a discussion, and I agree that they have the right to make up their own Senate rules. That's constitutional. What's not constitutional in my mind is the system that they've created today with a 60-vote majority – uh, based on this idea that certain senators have greater ability to block and bring things to the floor and this and that and the other. And so uh, things have changed over the years. Before the Civil War, we hardly ever used this. Now, after, it's used more and more and more. And in the 1960s, and rise of the routine filibuster really happened in the 60s and 70s. They created a two-track system. We'll talk about that. So I don't have a problem with slowing down legislation. I have a problem with the way that it's built in now, and it manipulates against we the people. We'll talk about it in seconds. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Lance Pry. North Korea fired at least two ballistic missiles Friday, the third test in two weeks, just hours after criticizing a U.S. push for new sanctions over the previous launches. North Korea defended the missile tests as a legitimate right to self-defense. President Biden on Thursday expressed uncertainty on whether his party would be able to pass what Democrats call voting rights legislation through Congress. As roughly 80 percent of American voters want some form of voter ID, Biden's partisan voting rights bill does not include such verification. The president said he planned to end the 60-vote filibuster rule in order to get his partisan bill through the House. That seems unlikely at this point, as Democrat Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema oppose changing the filibuster rule. And while I continue to support these bills... I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division infecting our country. USA Radio News. Save on your next oil change when you purchase five quarts of Pennzoil High Mileage Motor Oil and a MicroGuard filter for the price of Pennzoil Conventional, now $26.99. Extend the life of your vehicle and save big with Pennzoil Oil and Filter Specials at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Plus, earn double O rewards points on this purchase. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Talks between Russia and NATO have broken down with no results, leading to speculation Russia may invade the Ukraine. U.S. lawmakers tried to do something through legislation. Senate Democrats have blocked a bill proposed by Senator Ted Cruz seeking to sanction companies tied to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. The measure failed to reach the 60-vote threshold required to pass through the chamber. The measure would require sanctions be imposed on businesses associated with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which will carry gas from Russia to Germany within 15 days. Some Democrats voted against the bill as they accused Cruz of attempting to undermine President Biden's diplomatic efforts to prevent Russian President Vladimir Putin from invading Ukraine. Biden waived sanctions on Nord Stream 2, the Russian-owned and Swiss-based company for the pipeline project, as part of an agreement with Germany. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. USA Radio News. So, ladies and gentlemen, the idea to have full debates and to slow down legislation, I support a thousand percent. The way Jefferson talked about it, the way Dr. Bradley's talking about it, I support completely. The way it's currently done, I don't support, though. Because I believe that it's just greater manipulation using their rules against we the people. Let me give you an example. As the filibuster has evolved from a rare practice that required holding the floor for an extended period of time into a current routine 60-vote majority requirement, Senate leaders have increasingly used cloture motions as a regular tool. To manage the flow of business, often in the absence of a, quote, even threatened filibuster. Thus, the presence or absence of culture is not necessarily a reliable indicator 
of the actions of a threatened filibuster. Okay? So it's always a matter of judgment whether a filibuster will be threatened or used or this and that, but it's a way to always just twist arms. It's a way to play games. Okay? And I want to be very clear. They call it the nuclear option sometimes, too. Hey, in 2005, a group of Republican senators led by Majority Leader Bill Frisk proposed having the, quote, presiding officer, vice president, Dick Cheney, ruled that a filibuster on judicial nominees was unconstitutional because it was inconsistent with the president's power. And what we do is we just go on and on and on with all these rules that are undermine the intent, okay? What was the intent of the founders? And the answer is Dr. Bradley's completely right. It was to slow down legislation. It was to make appropriate debate. Each senator had the ability to truly say, listen, we've got to vet this more. And now what we do is we put in rules. Like we say something like, hey, if a bill is written before it's going to be voted on, it's going to be released 48 hours or 72 hours before it's voted on. And then that's never obeyed. And on and on and on and on. And every time we go further for the founder's intent, we have to have new rules that take the place of the original checks and balances with these new manipulated checks and balances, which I submit to you are far inferior. Dr. Bradley. Well, let's just take the Voter Act that's currently before the Senate. Uh, the original intent of the American Founding Fathers was that the states would control the voting process. And I can prove that. I know that time is probably used up on this subject. But the intent was for the states to control the voting process. And with the Article 1, Section 4 caveat that said that the feds could intervene if, in fact, a state was not holding, that's, that was their intent, if a state was not holding elections because they had determined they weren't going to participate in the general government, then the, the feds could intervene. But everything that has happened since then has been a usurpation of that power to run the vote from the states to the general government. There have been voter acts of 1965, for example. There have been, there have been amendments that, uh, that had that effect also. If, in fact, this current effort to, to reinitialize the 1965 Voter Act with, on steroids, if you will, the general government will assume complete control of the voting process from the states. If they can do that with 50 votes plus Kamala's, then the states would be completely eliminated from any administration of the Voting Act, and the people in the states would no longer be able to say, oh, no, we need voter ID. We need to have, you know, you know the person, they come through the line. You know the way that the votes are going to be counted, the way they're going to be tallied. It will be uh, basically a canonization of the 2020 election where the uh, there, there was so much shenanigans going on that, that basically the election was stolen, okay? So, so if this idea of saying, oh, no, majority rules, you're going to find some of these other institutional absolute requirements will be lost. The voting process is central. The integrity of the election is, is central. And if we give it to the bigger government, the bigger government has proven itself unworthy of that, and that was not in keeping with the Founding Fathers process. So anyway, I think the process is we elect, elect criminals and manipulators to office. We've got to stop doing that.
But I know you've got another so subject, Sam, you want to talk about, the Supreme Court. And yeah, so really quick, we'll get to the Supreme Court in just a second, but I want to give you an example to make the point of the rules that I'm talking about. Okay, if we have a, 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 you know, a filibuster across the board, equal to every senator, as intended at the beginning, and then we have the senators literally um, elected by state legislative bodies, so there's a check and balance there. What we've done is disabled all these checks and balances, and then we put in Senate rules that change with the wind that we want to take the place of, in my opinion, these sound principles. So I'm not for majority rules everywhere and, the, and a democracy idea. I'm just saying we're going about it all wrong, and we cling to these rules that get more and more and more manipulated over time, and we get further from the founders' intent, in my opinion. Let me give you an example. Budget reconciliation is a procedure created in 1974 to deal with the budget process. In brief, the annual budget process right now begins with an adoption of a budget resolution with a simple majority in each house not signed by the president does not carry force of law. Okay, The Senate, they say, then may consider a budget reconciliation bill not subject to filibuster that reconciles funding amounts in any annual appropriations bills and the amount specified in the resolution. So what you've got now is you've got these certain things. Some things are subject to filibusters. Other things are not. And this and that. I think that the filibuster has value. I just think the way it's currently implemented is a joke. And I think we pretend that these rules are great. And we ought to rely on sound principles uh, based on sound efforts to accomplish the goal. Not on these manipulated modern day rules that give super party control. That give certain senators greater power than others. Um, that literally uh, applies to some legislative places and not others. Hey, if I want to create a filibuster on a budget bill, why can't I? Well, because there's a rule that says now you can't, Sam. See, we're moving further and further, uh, in my opinion, from the intent of the Founding Fathers is the point. So I'm not suggesting we just get rid of the current filibuster and just run away from it. Uh, I am saying, though, that we need to be very careful of how we look at this because we're starting to look at, instead of sound ideas from the Founders, we're just going further and further and further with this rule and that rule and this exception and that exception and, and to where if you're not very careful over time, you'll just have more power to the few and less to the many. Uh, anyway, what final response, then we'll move on, Dr. Bradley. Okay, what you've got with the budget reconciliation rule is a prime example of what happens without the ability to step in the front of a tra freight train and stop it. We have got multi-trillion dollar budgets that come through based upon a majority uh, vote that has not been fully vetted, that has not been fully reviewed, and all of the issues brought forth, they've changed and manipulated so that, oh, we'll do this with just a, a mere majority vote, and what it will ultimately and finally do is we've got these multi-trillion dollar budgets even during the Biden era. It's not that old. That's been used during the Biden era to say, oh, we're going to go with majority rules. We're going to just do this on a, you know, a budget reconciliation thing. And they've manipulated that. They've destroyed the original intent. And they're, they're, they've walked away from the limits and bounds of government. So I think that's a prime example of what's wrong with losing the uh, ability to, to stop a bill and say, whoa, 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 let's talk about this before we go ahead. Right. The National Emergencies Act is another example. In 1976, gave much power to the president. And I don't know if you know, but when you put a joint resolution to determine an emergency, they've got a certain number of days they can go ahead and deal with that. Just so you know, that requires a simple majority of the House and Senate. You don't get filibuster then. 
So all I got to do is call an emergency and circumvent filibuster. See, sure, this 60-vote thing's a farce. We need filibuster all the time, not just in yep. certain manipulated cases based on the modern manipulations of who has the greatest power right now. It, it so I'm not advocating to get rid of filibusters. I'm advocating that it's all manipulated in its game playing. It doesn't have the teeth or the intent that it used to at all. And it is a manipulation of principle. And, and again, if we didn't have criminals in office that were violating their oath of office, their oath of fidelity to the plain English words of the Constitution, we wouldn't have these big problems. But there's always going to be a manipulation of power. That's just the way it is. It's a human nature to gain power and begin to abuse it. And so that's why Jefferson said, bind them down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. And Tucker went on to say, you know, it's kind of a good thing when they violate their oath because it awakens the, the uh, voters to the fact they've got to remove them from office. We have stopped doing that, by and large. But, but basically what Jefferson wanted to do is bind them down from mischief by the change of the Constitution. And Tucker said, when they do violate the Constitution, that's our signal, get them out of office. And, and I, think the, I think the more we don't depend on these rules, we depend on filibuster being the general rule would do better. But right now, raising the debt ceiling, for example, all they did is create a one-time wave, and it only took 50. And everybody's like, oh, thank heavens we raised the debt ceiling. Well, they manipulated it whenever they want to anyway. So we need to make it to where you can't manipulate the filibuster. Goodness. It needs to be available all the time, anytime to any senator equally. And the oath of office should take precedence over all other the shenanigans they're involved in. Heard that. Anyway, that's, so I'm not against the filibuster, but I am against the current rules and, and us depending on the way it's currently set up as our life savior. It's not true, folks. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, 
But I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my whole point of the filibuster is let's not just play games with the 60 votes unless we don't want it. Emergency, war, budget, let's jettison the filibuster with all kinds of rules uh, and let's weight certain senators with greater power. Let's return to the original filibuster intent of our founders, which was to slow down legislation, which was to encourage debate, and which was to let the people know about what was happening so we could apply appropriate pressure uh, when necessary for those who are standing against a simple majority. That was the intent of the founders, I believe. It wasn't to create all these modern rules now that are violated at every turn. Oh, the debt ceiling, we got to raise it. Let's go ahead and just wave the 60 majority rule vote now. Good. Okay, we got an emergency. Let's wave. Hey, president shouldn't have people in foreign nations in war for more than 30 to 60 days. Wave that. We got to. And now we play games with rules. We're not dealing with the intent of the founders. The intent of the founders was to give every senator an equal opportunity to literally speak up and stop the vote and say, hold on. Let's debate. Let's discuss. Let's get the people involved. Let's have a broader discussion than a simple majority. We've undermined that with today's current filibuster reality as it's manipulated by criminals against we the people. All right. Supreme Court blocks Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for businesses. However, in the dishonest agenda of the courts, they keep it for government employees that receive government handout money. That's a serious problem, too, Dr. Bradley. Well, indeed, it truly is. And I believe and I when that first came out, I was able to uh, I, I've responded to people that have asked me about that. And, and honestly, in the few minutes that are left, it would be dif- difficult to fully elucidate the, uh, the the crossroads that we're truly at right now. What basically they said, oh, 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 if you take ex- uh, take federal funds, now you've got to do this. OK, OK, OK. So we're going to use Medicare and Medicaid as the excuse to have health care workers being required to have a, a vaccine, so-called. It's not. We all know that. But the fact of the matter is the government can control that. Uh, we've talked many times on your program about a, a, a saying we had when I was a kid, you accept their nickel, you accept their noose. And I don't know the origins again, but basically is you take the money, you let them put a leash on you. Okay, and so here's what we're what we're doing. We're the 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 courts have recognized that if general government money is involved, they control the outcome. First of all, the, they have no authority whatsoever constitutionally to have general government money in health care. It is not allowed. Period. End of discussion. However, since that's become the modus operandi today, they're saying, oh. This industry, it's probably one-fifth or maybe one-seventh, I don't know, somewhere in there, of the entire economy of the United States is now going to have this manipulation of constitutional authority to require everybody that's in that, that has taken federal government money, Medicare, Medicaid, whatever, is now under their control. What about banking? What about trucking? What about real estate? What about you pick any industry? And are you, what about students, students that take Pell Grants? 
the accepting the nickel and accepting the noose, we are going to allow, this is a slippery slope, we're going to have nooses around our necks. The general government has bought power over all of us by offering a bribe. Now, what my position is that it's high time, and it was a long time ago, should have happened, where there were independent organizations established that do medical for all Americans. We'll go back to the way it used to be. The country doctor, the, uh, the hospital that's run locally. I'm old enough, so I remember when doctors, physicians, hospitals even, they were run by Catholic Church, for example, or the LDS Church in Salt Lake City, you know, the LDS Hospital that was down there. Um, all of these things were independent of general government control. And I believe we need to return to this. It will be somewhat disruptive. It will be considered by most people to be a step back because they think they're feeding at the trough at no cost. But truly, the, the full offering of, of health care practices will become less expensive and it will also become something that, that is less corrupt. There are hundreds of billions of dollars that are stolen every year through corruption of the manipulation of the uh, Medicare and Medicaid. And, and it's, it's your money. It's my money. It's money that's being stolen by criminals that have figured out a way to beat the system. And I, I, I'm just, this ruling is absolutely a devastating ruling in terms of, of uh, what it signals for the future. You take federal money. You are, you are now no longer in control of your industry or your life if you take federal money as a student. I mean, come on, people. Understand that this is a signal for where we're going with this. And, and businesses take federal money all the time. I mean, think of what's been happening with this um, so-called relief money that's coming with the uh, pandemic. I know little businesses that have taken hundreds of thousands of dollars from the federal government in their program, what they're signaling is in the future, they will not be masters of their own destination. And, and health care, again, it's such a big target, it, it had to be controlled, and this is how they're going to do it. And this is one more step or one more nail in the coffin, if you will, of our independence of our health care. And we could talk at great length for the protocols that are being dictated by government agencies that are actually murdering people in the hospitals today because they have protocols that say you will do treatment in this manner with medications that are killing people, with, with methodologies that are killing people. But they're being dictated, and, and the Supreme Court just cut the throat of, of the independence of the, of the medical industry, and I really do believe I'm praying for some courage. Now, I've spoken to some independent uh, physicians and their, and their conventions and so on. There are people out there. We need to encourage it. We need to move towards it. We need to step away from this government control through being able to pay the way, if you will. This is, this is extremely destructive. And, and Americans need to awaken themselves to a sense of their awful situation because this ruling right now is a signal for future rulings that ultimately and finally will bode ill for our whole nation. So yeah, <coughs> I encourage, <coughs> excuse me, I encourage 
the uh, medical industry to rise up in in rebellion against this, but most won't. The big uh, the big industry that it has become is feeding at the trough, and and the big institutions that uh, that are running our major healthcare organizations within the states are finding this to be a very very lucrative business to be in. Billions upon billions of dollars are pouring into their coffers, and they're not going to turn their back on it. And someday, perhaps, there'll be an independent movement among physicians, and I hope it spreads to the whole nation in all businesses, too. So, All right, know. so it was a 6-3 vote in favor uh, of blocking Biden's mandate of businesses and vaccinations. However, the Supreme Court did allow national vaccine requirements for health care workers at medical facilities that accept Medicare or Medicaid. This potentially affects 76,000 health care facilities as well as home health care providers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that decision, believe it or not, was passed by a five to four vote. Now, listen carefully. With Justices John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh joining the liberal justices. So they literally sold us out, and that's where the disaster comes. Uh, Richard Mack predicted this would be a very political ruling, a very nuanced ruling, and that's exactly what we've got. The bottom line is you should never have Medicare and Medicaid and the federal government involved there financially. Uh, But that, again, is what greased the wheels for these even conservative judges, supposedly, to join the liberals and sell us out. Now, this is what always happens when we go back to these rules and guidance and da-da-da-da-da. Why do we even have government paying for Medicare and Medicaid? Well, now that paves the way for vaccination force. Um, it's disaster, doctor. Well, you're absolutely correct. And, and there are ramifications beyond the medical industry. If you read into there any other industry, or if you're in a given industry, if you're an individual, and you accept federal funds, so to speak, hmm. We get to control the outcomes. And that is never, never, never been the intent of the limited government that was established by the American Founding Fathers under the Constitution. We have strayed so far that people don't even realize what they're accepting as fact now or simply the repeating of a lie to the point it's become truth. And uh, and actually, I, I, I find it so tragic having been through the medical system, having experienced the protocols, recognizing that they are literally killing, murdering. It's crimes against humanity based upon government-mandated protocols that are foisted upon institutions that accept the money. You get more money if you, if you diagnose certain things. You get more money if you use certain protocols. And that is exactly how this is becoming polluted. Follow the money, people. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And and our Supreme Court just betrayed the nation again. I mean, in many ways, I think we could say they are public enemy number one because they're facilitating the destruction of the limited government that was originally established as to make us the greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous nation on earth. And... Uh, <laughs> We are, it's like a snowball rolling downhill. I, I once was in an avalanche. It wasn't a very big one, and I didn't end up with any bad results. But it started small. It started moving. It swept me up in it. 
and it ultimately and finally dumped me in a real bad situation. But the fact of the matter is that's where we're going with a general government that is out of control because of the criminal rulings of peoples like Kavanaugh and Roberts. They're not conservatives in the sense that most people think of conservatives. They're big government manipulators, and they're there for a reason. They were chosen because they will stand for that. Robert said specifically, abortion is a settled law. It's not. It was a bad decision in 1973. By the way, the 49th anniversary is coming up quickly. It was a bad decision when it was made. It's still a bad decision, and they do not have the authority to say it's okay to kill babies before they're born. The whole thing is a travesty, and, and we go along because it, the lie has been told to us so often so completely from the time you start your education until any time on the news and oh yeah this is the way it is no it's not there you have it ladies and gentlemen dr scott bradley with us his whole goal in life to preserve the nation thus his collegiate series on the topic available at freedomsrisingsun.com i want to make this very clear i'm not advocating to just jettison the filibuster I'm just telling you that the current modern implementation is bogus. We've got to return to the founders' intent of a filibuster. We've got to make sure that certain senators don't have more power than other senators, wrongly so by rules and manipulations of the founders' intent. We've got to be very careful. The idea to slow down legislation and have appropriate debate and accountability, absolutely vital. No doubt about it. And the Supreme Court, what a disgrace they've become. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. For Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.